Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Before we get this episode started, I want to give a huge thank you to our sponsor, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And you know the best part of it is, Griff? I do, Will. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you head to the App Store or Google Play, download the Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started. I press recording first. I, I didn't wait, wait. It says start recording it. Wait until it says one because it hasn't actually recorded yet. Okay, you're good. Hey guys, welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Stav. I'm Griff. Will. Shit. <laughs> I restart. I said I'd go first and then I did it. I did it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Griff, then Will. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome back to Inside the Five. I'm Stav. It's Griff. And I'm Will. We've got a lot on the plate to talk about today. We're talking about the MLB lockout, NCAA basketball, the NBA. We also got some NFL talk. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and let's dive right in. Let's go. Let's do it. With the third pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Everything litty, I love when it's hot. Turn to the city, I broke all the knots. Got some more millies, I keep me a knot. I created history, it made me a lot. He tried to diss me and it ain't no fault. We call him Chaucer cause they gonna chop Took her out of fallas cause her pussy pop I run it like Nike, we got it on lock Cardi, I, I, I'm the boss man in a suit with no tie I can't be sober, I gotta stay high Put me some syrup in the can and it's dry Riding this special like Bunny and Clyde Don't worry, baby, I keep me some fire She need names in Brooklyn, she cannot decide The ladies, Mercedes, will go to surprise Don't sleep on me, lady, her pussy Alright, welcome back, everybody Inside the five Let's get right into things. The lockout is continuing. They had a big meeting. Um, they said was the deadline before they would start cutting off any regular season games. 
We have now passed the deadline. The meeting did not get anything done once again. Stav, initial thoughts? I'm going to rant a little bit later, but just to sum that up, very selfish on both sides, in my opinion. Well, I'd have to agree. Um, honestly, like at this point, like the biggest takeaway other than being selfish on both sides is that they extended the deadline to Tuesday because of the talks Monday night. They were, it sounded like they were getting places, which was like, we were all convinced that the MLB was about to start like this week, like right. Monday night. We were like, oh my God, they moved it to Tuesday. This is great. We, Tuesday night, we hear um the side basically the decision was unanimous that they weren't going to agree which the unanimous part has to be the worst part in my opinion the fact that they extended it a day and it was still unanimous after an extra day after all of this still means that the gap is just as big as it was two months ago so we're like in my opinion we're still not going to get anywhere and i feel like it's going to be a lot more dragged on than it should be which it already has been right yeah i agree i mean we're Two and a half weeks in, maybe three and a half weeks into when pitchers and catchers were supposed to report. So we're way past the deadline of missing things. But once the, I mean, the next big milestone in terms of missing things in the MLB is starting to miss regular season games. That's not something that I originally thought we were going to cut get into like at all, because because usually when there's a new um, CBA or a new contract to be signed, there, there's a little back and forth, but they get it done because both sides need to realize that you need to play. Like, th there's no excuse for not playing. You have to figure out a contract by then. I think not only was it selfish, I think there was a bit of laziness because I don't think they did enough in their meetings, and I don't think they had enough meetings. Overall, I think they're they're so behind on everything because I don't think they took it serious for the past couple of months. And then on Monday night was the first time we got, we really got anywhere. We haven't gotten anywhere since this and we're way cutting into time. I don't, I don't think we're going to have um, a lot of games in the first few months of when we're supposed to have them. I mean, I don't even think them not taking it serious to start is even like, yes, one, that is definitely probably a little bit of the problem. But two, they have ideas. They have things that they've been talking about. Obviously, we've heard the last few meetings besides this one that happened this week have not been longer than like 15 minutes for the most part. But like then you see Jeff Passan on Twitter with like huge documents saying all these things that they're trying to get by, all these things they're trying to do, all the things that they're trying to do to help the players in general. Like obviously like. I don't think anyone's on Rob Manfred's side here. Everyone's rooting for like the players association's um, ideas and all that stuff, because that's the important stuff. I mean, a lot of this, like going back down to like this year where they just have to like, when they just allowed uh, minor leaguers to have to provide housing, like how was that just the thing that just happened? Right. Like that's ridiculous. I mean, obviously there's a lot of different things on that list of things that Jeff Passan has tweeted out. There's many things like an extended playoff, um, dh all these things i mean it just i don't understand how they're like oh this thing is going to happen and they it's like where where's the agreement also the cbt there's a lot of things that they're missing there's a lot of things that they're not taking enough time with but at the same time like i don't even think they're ever going to reach an agreement and we we like i mean i know we have our predictions that we're going to get to later on i mean i wrote mine i honestly think it could be later than what ours is i expect honestly i'm expecting a COVID season again i'm expecting at least 60 games yeah i mean it's 
it doesn't make any sense to me because they've known that this is good. This was going to happen. Like they've known that they've had to reach this deadline. They've known for months. They've known for years that the, the agreement was going to come to an end. They've had so much time to negotiate, yet they just didn't negotiate for the for first what was it, three and a half months since they can start negotiating? They didn't negotiate for 3.49 months. You know what I mean? They got absolutely nothing done, like we said. And it's so frustrating because baseball kind of has a stigma around it right now that it's a dying sport, even though that's not really true. But even if there's a little stigma around it, why wouldn't you try and prevent at all costs to not let the sport die? And at the helm of it all is Rob Manfred. He hates baseball. Like, I'm convinced this guy just doesn't care about baseball. I don't know how he got elected to be the commissioner, but he's the worst commissioner in all of sports by far. Like, he calls his own the World Series a, a hunk of metal as if it doesn't matter. He's laughing at the press conference while the MLBPA and the MLB owners are just not talking. He He's going to get paid, so he does not care at all. So it frustrates me so much that there is such little effort put in on both sides of the agreement at the top of the helm with Rob Manfred all the way down. I just feel like none of these guys care. And as long as their pockets get bigger, they do not care at all. They all the play. Like I know we kind of are taking the side of the players here. However, they always say, Oh, this is going to be better for the fans. How, how is canceling games going to be better for fans considering the fact that, you guys are just not going to play. We are not going to be able to watch our favorite teams. We're not even, we don't even know where half the MLB is going to land because they've just canceled negotiations and trades and everything. We don't know who's going to be on our teams. I mean, it's just ridiculous to me how they couldn't come up with an offer, like as if they're five years old and just don't know how to negotiate. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like that's obviously a big problem too. The other problem is, is so the reason why I said that I think it's, probably going to be around the time that like the COVID season started a couple of years ago is because free agency has not started. None of the off season tasks have even began. Um, one, obviously spring training was supposed to start almost three and a half weeks ago. Um, we're they're so far behind so that when they're like, okay, well there's like this first delay of games, that's like if, if they were to have an agreement, like, in two weeks from now, that they'd be like, okay, those two games we add in free agency, we add in, we add in all the off-season tasks plus spring training. Barely, 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 they'll make it so that way it's comfortable for the players and the teams to start. Realistically, they're probably not going to have a deal for at least another month and a half. The another month and a half where the games are probably going to get canceled. It's March second, and March. the seasons are happy March. There's already sleep in May. <laughs> there's there's already what the two uh what's it two called? series two series has already been canceled which is a lot i guarantee you i guarantee you first month completely will be wiped out in two weeks and then two weeks later when they're trying to figure it out again they're gonna have to delay the season once the off season has to start right so i mean um to look a little bit into the red sox schedule we'll be missing the Rays game or the Rays series to start, which is kind of a big series to start off because I mean, the Rays obviously been very good in the past few years and then Baltimore. So we'll, as of right now, we're missing a three game stretch against Tampa Bay, a three game stretch about around uh, Baltimore, six games. Um, I know what people are going to say. It's a lot of games and stop brought up the point that people are saying it's a dying sport, which it's not dying. 
but it is decreasing in its viewers and we've seen it over the last like five six seven years that they're not getting the same amount of viewers last year they were they spiked a lot i don't know if any of you guys saw um any of those statistics but it was one of the one of the greatest years that i've personally watched of mlb baseball i enjoyed it all around uh i watched almost or maybe every red sox game not only that i watched uh, a ton of different games around the league. I was all over the place watching games, looking at highlights, looking at different stats. Like I was into the MLB and I, and I can't lie the past few years before that I really wasn't, I still watched my socks, but that was about it. I didn't really care about what, whatever was going around the rest of the league. But last year brought me back in and I enjoyed it a lot. There's a lot of names around the league. The worst part in my opinion is two out of the last three years, we haven't played a full season, which before that we hadn't played a full season since whenever the last lockout was. And I, I don't even think we were alive for that. We're missing prime years for, for like these different guys. And I'm not going to go off and name names because we've seen them in the tweets. We know who they are, but like there's these guys, some of the greatest players in like future hall of famers that we're missing time playing the game of baseball, which I mean, I'm not going to call it dying sport, but it's getting a lot less popular. Last year was a big year. This is a big year to capitalize on what you did last year to try to increase on that. Rob Manford ruining the game of baseball, I would say. Not only just screwing with it, but ruining it. Um, the MLB is like the – it's like America. It's literally America. Like it's it's our nation's sport is baseball and that is the highest level of baseball in this country in the world and there's no reason for it to not be played the last lockout i think we had was with the nba and um i mean we were young so i wasn't as upset about it as i am with this but like the nba came back strong they didn't miss a lot of games i think they missed about like 15 which is still a good amount but as of right now, we've lost six. We're going to miss more than 15 games. We're going to miss a lot of games. So let's get in. I'm going to get right into our predictions. I'm going to say we're going to start on around May 15th, around the middle of May, I th is what I'm seeing. And honestly, you were right with what you said earlier. That's best case scenario. Yeah, I agree. Um, my prediction, I wrote uh, early, middle May. I completely changed my mind. I'll see you guys in June. Mm. As I feel like I'm being very optimistic here because I just do not want to face the reality of it. But I'm going to say late April, early May, just because I feel like there's so much pressure to get a deal done as soon as possible. And they've already seen the, the backlash that has been received for canceling games. There's no way they... The owners, they're taking away from their bottom line. Like, the, the money-hungry people that they are, they there's no way they can – I don't want to say they can't afford it, but, like, they don't want to lose this much money, especially opening day, the most marketable day of the year. I, I'm not going to rant again, but <laughs> it, it makes me very upset that they're canceling games because I just think about last season, the, the five-team wildcard race between the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, um, the Athletics and the Mariners. Yeah. yeah, that 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 span of a month and a half from beginning of August to mid September, late September, 
Actually, no, through September, the two-month race. Yep. You're it was two months. Away, it was definitely you, two months. Yeah, you take away two months, you take away the most exciting part of baseball in the wild card race. So they got to figure it out. They got to put their egos aside and figure out a deal. So that that's kind of all I really have to say about it. Yeah, like the the whole ego part of it too. That's obviously like a big, big problem. I mean, like you said, you take away a certain amount of games. That end season race loop, that like March to October, literally is that like key component at the end of the season is completely taken away. You're completely taken away from like All Star break. Like that's that's no fun anymore. Like you're gonna just see whoever's hot is gonna be hot. We saw it in the COVID season. There's gonna like the divisions are gonna be completely out of line again, probably if they keep missing more games. We're gonna see like basically the teams who have the best players and who have the best overall teams are probably going to succeed. And the teams that are like middle of the pack, they need to have time to practice, they need time to gel, aren't going to play as well because there's just not enough time. Like, I mean, a sole case is our is our team, the Red Sox. We saw during the COVID season, we, we, it was miserable. Miserable is like, a, like, that's like the best thing I could probably say about that season. Like it was awful, like incredibly awful. And then like, we were a team that needs time to gel. We saw last year, like, I mean, we did start off hot. We had a little cold streak, but then that brought us back together and we made a playoff run. We went a lot farther than everyone thought we were going to go. I mean, like, even at the beginning of the season, me and you, Grip, we both said, that, like, hey, don't sleep on the Sox. Yeah. And, like, we were right for the most part. Obviously, we didn't make the World Series, but we easily could have. We were pretty damn close. Yeah. Right. So, um, to, to wrap things up, I'll just drop a couple more things. Um, first off, minor league is still in play. Um, mm-hmm. So, in that organization, we'll, we'll go with the Red Sox. Um, the Red Sox 40-man um, – 40-man roster are the 40 people that cannot play. Everybody else in the system can play at any level. Um, so the Red Sox, we're not going to be seeing, like, Tanner Houck in AAA. We're not going to be seeing Jaron Duran. We will be seeing people like Tristan Casas and uh, Jeter Downs. Um, but, like, these guys, especially I feel like Jaron Duran and Houck, that, that's why I named them, they're getting screwed the most because they can't play AAA ball. They're young. They could be, I mean, up next. Like, how had a fantastic season, in my opinion. He was one of my favorite pitchers on the team. Um, and who knows what Duran could be. There's been so many different talks about him. Um, and they're just, they're going to be missing out on way more games than other people at the same age are going to be missing out on because they'll be in AAA. I think it really screws them over. Um, and obviously, it screws the rest of the league over, too, these guys. Um, I think this is a year for the Dodgers. Or I'm not going to name any other teams that are of Dodger caliber because the Yankees will never win a World Series again. Um, but I, I'm going to go. This is going to be a Dodger year. Like it's this is the it's year. Always there's like not a lot of yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of time in the season. So like you said, Will, it's just going to be the the most talented teams are going to get it done. And to to Stav's point on that little two month run. Um, that's going to be the beginning of the season. So we're going to have to get right into that. And we know that's not how baseball works. It really screws up with anything or with everything, not with anything, with everything. But um, to switch over to the happiest time in college basketball, welcome to March, guys. Let's get, get these. Yeah, let's let's get this going. It's I'm done being mad at the MLB. It's March Madness time. The conference tournaments are starting up. And with that, 
we are getting our regular season champions for each conference. So we're going to be going through a couple of conferences, breaking down different scenarios. Some teams have already clinched it. Some some conferences are wide open. Let's get things right into it with the Big Ten. Last night, or what are we releasing this? Friday? So that was three nights ago. Wisconsin won the Big Ten. That's electric. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, the Badgers win the Big Ten. They uh, did so ranked 10th also in the nation. They did so by beating uh, number eight seeded Purdue at home, 70 to 67. Um, if they beat Nebraska on Saturday, they'll finish 25 and five. If not, they'll be 24 and six. Still an impressive season. Let's say a scenario they beat Nebraska, which my guess is they most likely will because they're a lot better of a team. Um, if they win, being at the number 10 seed right now after beating number eight Purdue, um, could they be a one seed stuff? Are we talking about in general in the in the AP top twenty five? Are we talking about just in the tournament? The four the four one seeds in the tournament is what I mean by that. I don't think so. I think they'll be a two seed, definitely a two seed, yeah. maybe a one. But I just think that you still got Gonzaga, you got Kansas, you got Duke, and you got um. Oh, why am I blanking? There's Baylor. There's yeah. You you so you got many, Baylor. So you got Auburn. There's so many good teams. I just don't think that Wisconsin's going to sneak. I mean, maybe if they they smack Nebraska and some teams lose, they'll definitely sneak. And, 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 and I think if they uh, win their conference tournament as well, that'll help them out a lot. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say win, that, too. A lot has to go right for them to be a one, but I definitely see them being a two. Well, um, I honestly, like, depending on how things go, like you guys said, I was going to say if they win their conference tournament, I think they definitely have a good bid to be – that one seed one of the four one seeds i think right now obviously i think they get two seed but don't be surprised if they sneak in as that last one seed mm-hmm. i think there's yeah. a very good chance that they could get that bid just like just based off of how they're playing right now like i mean a lot of that is relative like most of it is relative and like i just i like i mean obviously auburn has been on a little bit of a lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. A little bit of a downslope. So, yep. like, that could be, like, their low bid into where Auburn is. Yeah. Um. So, I wanted to just add in that Wisconsin's been, in my opinion, more of, like, a sneaky team um, coming out of this conference because there's a lot of names in the Big Ten that have been playing very well this year. And Wisconsin kind of just did their own thing. They beat the teams that they needed to beat. Um, I think they lo- their loses- losses were from Illinois at some point when they were ranked – 
Uh, Michigan State, when they were ranked, who else did they lose to? I think they lost a couple of bad ones. I know they lost to Ohio State. I don't know if they were ranked at that time. And they lost to Providence earlier in the season. Um, but Wisconsin just kind of, like, put their head down and did what they needed to do. And now they're the Big Ten champion for the regular season. I think coming into that conference tournament, the only team that they need to beat there is Purdue. And they're going to be they're going to be at home for the first two rounds. They'll get through it. I think they'll get to the finals. And we'll see a great game against Purdue, and that'll decide who the one seed from that uh, conference is. I was going to say, I think, like, their losses compared to what Auburn has lost recently, I think Wisconsin's losses are more fair to them. I think they're, like, they they mean yeah. a lot, like, more for them as how good they are as a team. They're like, wow, they lost to, like, good teams when they were ranked. Like, Auburn's just playing awful, and they're losing to teams where they should be completely sweeping the floor. I mean, like, that Tennessee game is a big big hit for who I think they are as a team especially going into the tournament like obviously yeah like Tennessee home game electric crowd but like you can't just like completely get dismantled that game score did not have any relevance to how at all how they play you're talking about Auburn yeah right all right well uh stop do you have any finishing remarks for uh the Big Ten no to be honest I I'm just I'm curious, you know, this last whole weekend, I know we kind of, or you guys kind of spoke about it on Monday, but like last weekend was so crazy that my entire perspective on college basketball as a whole, (laughs) six seeds losing, it just messes with my mind so heavily, but I'm just so excited. I cannot wait for the uh, conference tournaments and the overall tournament. Obviously I just can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll move on to, the next conference, Will, don't talk about Auburn anymore because we're going to get into the SEC after we do the ACC because this is another big conference uh, that had their conference regular season champion. Will, we are not going to be happy about this. Um, it's Duke, and it's Duke for the first time since 2010. Even I mean, they've won a national championship since then. Um, they've won conference championships uh, postseason, but they've never won – a regular season conference championship since 2010. Uh, They beat Pittsburgh to clinch it, um, and they finished their season against UNC, Will. A big upset slate, in my opinion. Coach K's last game at home against UNC. Tickets are going for around $3,000 is, like, the lowest. So, Will, first off, thoughts on Duke winning it? I think it was pretty obvious. And what's your prediction for the game against UNC on Saturday? Um, honestly, like, I mean, obviously, you know, UNC fan, I don't like Duke at all, but like, I mean, it is what it is. They're, they're a good team. Like, I'm not going to like deny it. Like I'd just be a, I'd just be stupid if I were to be like, oh no, they're awful. But uh, no, they're going to lose on Saturday. Guaranteed. <laughs> awful home team. Awful home team this year. They suck. They're going to lose. UNC is going to wipe the floor. They're ready. They're, you really you really think they're going to let Coach K win his last game? No chance. I think we're, they're going to try everything they can do to not let that happen. Roy but might pull up and coach the enough. game. I'm serious. Roy might. Pull Roy up might. Just... Roy goes to every game. I don't know why he doesn't just coach. No, I literally don't know. He goes to every single game. He's like the biggest fan. I think it's awesome. It brings that energy back. It's like what we need. And like you see him, you see him sitting on the bench. Game over. Right. Stav, Duke, are they phony? Like, are are they going to make a run in March Madness? What, what do you see from them? Oh no, I don't think they're going to make a run in March Madness. I do think they're going to beat North Carolina though. 
But I always feel like Duke has these high expectations with Coach K, and they always lose in the Sweet 16, Elite Eight. That's kind of like their ceiling. I, I mean, they've made a few championship runs. I mean, college basketball, it's the hardest title to win, so it's not really a knock on Duke. I just can't really see them really, like, making a giant run, making the championship, so. I don't know. It's just kind of my preconceived bias against Duke losing. Just like I have a preconceived bias against Baylor losing in the first round every single year. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> like, like Duke is a very good team. They're a good team. I feel like they're just not as put together as the teams where we're like, Duke's going to make a run. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, like, I, I mean, this I whole agree. time, like, seeing them, like, playing good, I'm like, they're playing good. But they're also, like, their games have been really, like, weird. I mean, we watched Duke-UNC together, Griff, like, yep. the last – the last one close game wasn't it a close game i believe um for a while it wasn't for a while it wasn't fought back and then yeah. lost it then, then lost it so like i mean i'm kind of predicting something similar i, I mean like obviously i said like they're gonna wipe the floor but like that's what i hope happens but like yeah realistically like duke it's gonna be a close game i think it's gonna be a close game um but they're just not put together. I don't think they're meant for a run this year. Like, all signs are adding up for them to, like, have some kind of miracle run in Coach K's last year. I just don't see that happening. I feel yeah. like that's just too obvious. I agree with that. And if my theory about college basketball being rigged is true, then Duke will win the championship. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like just Duke will a... not win the championship. Yeah. Yeah, so um, finish things up for me on Duke. Um, they're going to have a test game against UNC on Saturday. It's his last home game. Um, I think you, they're going to go in there. They're, they're going to know, um, who they're playing. Obviously they played them before they beat them before. In my opinion, this is a different UNC team who had a great season. Um, sadly they're not ranked, but I mean, they'll be in the tournament. I think that they will be the last four in, um, in the tournament and UNC could, could maybe win in the first round, maybe win in the second round, get to the sweet 16. Um, Maybe not. Maybe they will. But I think this is a good game to see Duke's true colors because UNC needs this game very badly to get into the tournament. They don't need to win. They just need to keep it close, in my opinion. Um, so Duke's going to get a real test is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, and this is going to look like a lot of teams. UNC's team, they play real college basketball. So the first couple of rounds, teams are going to play very similar to how UNC plays, Duke's opponents is what I mean. So this will be kind of what they're a look at what they're going to get. Duke will get a one seed. They'll win in the first round. They're going to play a team like UNC or or a team that has like the same caliber players as UNC. And I think they're going to win in a tough fight. And I, I don't know if they'll make it past the Sweet 16. They don't have enough bench, in my opinion. Um, their best player, quote-unquote, Banchero, gets those cramps that he's been dealing with all season. He can't play for a long amount of time. Um, I just don't think they have everything put together that they need to win a championship this year. I think they'll win the ACC. I think that'll actually be quite easy for them. There's not a lot of competition in the ACC this year. Um, so I, I'm going to straight up just go ahead and call Duke frauds. Like, I don't, I really don't think they'll do anything in the um, – in the in March Madness, like I said, I think they'll win the ACC. They already did the regular season. I think they'll win the tournament. And I really, I think my ceiling for them, like Stop said, is the Elite Eight. So those are those are all my thoughts. But moving on, 
to the SEC. The next two, we're covering two more um, conferences. Um, these two are my favorites. These two are the best ones. Nobody has won it yet. Nothing has been clinched for a regular season or for a uh, for seeding in their conference tournament. Getting things started will. I know you're happy. It's the SEC. I'll give mm-hmm. a quick rundown of who's still alive. First off, we have Auburn, who Will has talked about a little bit already. Um, they're 13-3. and three. They have two games to finish off the season. This is um, conference records, by the way, which is kind of what matters the most for um, for the conference tournament. That's what I'm looking at for this. Um, they finished the season against Mississippi State and South Carolina, two unranked opponents. In my opinion, two wins. If they lose one of them, they're screwed because Kentucky is half a game behind them. Um, the two seed, obviously, 13-4. and four. They play Florida, who's a tough team, unranked, but can can get it done. Um, coming up at number three, we have Tennessee, who Will talked about as well, who beat Auburn. They finished the season against number four, Arkansas, who's 12-4. and four. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. So if Tennessee, say like scenario, Tennessee beats Arkansas, Auburn loses one of their games, and, and um, Kentucky loses to Florida, then they're in, vice versa with Arkansas. If Kentucky wins their game, Auburn win, loses one of their games, then Kentucky's it. Um, Stav, get us started off. Who do you think is going to win the SEC? Well, I can tell you who's not going to win the SEC. I don't think Arkansas is going to win. I think LSU is going to beat them tonight, I think, they, or the night of this recording. I mean, I'm biased. I am an LSU fan, but I just think LSU always <laughs> plays these close games against these ranked opponents. Like, we remember a month ago or so, they beat Alabama in that free throw contest at the end. They kept it close yep. against Kentucky. Like, they lost by five uh, two weeks ago. And they compete. They they won games between then. I think LSU is actually going to beat Arkansas tonight. Um, I think it's really going to come down to Auburn or Kentucky. And I just think Auburn is going to pull it out just because they have, kind of have an easier yeah. path. So, I don't know. That's my opinion on it. I think Auburn's going to win. Um, well, one, of course, Auburn has the easiest end of the season schedule out of – all these teams. Um, Kentucky, not a bad matchup against Florida. Tennessee obviously plays a hard Arkansas team. I think they win that game. And then Arkansas actually finishes off probably with the hardest out of the four, which is unlucky for them, them being fourth. So, like Stav said, I agree. I don't think Arkansas will win. Like, they like they won't win the NCC. Just doesn't make sense based off their schedule. Like, they have two hard matchups. I mean, obviously, there's a chance, but it's very low. Yeah, I think, ob- like, chance, I think the, they're, they're like the obvious pick, yet. I think, is – they're not out of it, no. But, like, the way it's looking. Auburn, I feel like, is the most obvious choice just because how easy their schedule is. It's going to take a lot for anyone like Kentucky or Tennessee to really compete. Don't be surprised if Tennessee could slip in there. Right. But, like, I honestly think it's un- unlikely that Auburn will um, – I mean, that anyone other than Auburn will win at the moment. In terms of the tournament, don't sleep on Tennessee or Arkansas. Yes, to, so, to win so the SEC tournament, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think those are two big teams that you can't sleep on. I feel like Kentucky is a little overrated at the moment. I mean, I feel, Kentucky, I feel like I feel like they're just getting a little too much hype for my liking. Right. I feel like they're just there's too much hype surrounding them, and there hasn't been like recently. They've they've been on the downslope. They've been bringing it back up recently. But I think that like huge train behind Kentucky at the moment is just like 
it needs to just slow down just a little bit. I think everyone's getting a little too excited about it. Right. So um, here, here's here's everything that I'm thinking of in this conference because I, I have a lot. Um, first off, I'm going to start with Auburn. They have the names. They have the potential number one pick. They have the potential. I, well, I think he lost it, but he could have been Naismith Player of the Year in, in um. What's his name? Oh, my gosh, I had his name in my head, and he just completely left it. The big white center, he shoots threes. Um, mm-hmm. Totally forgot his name. That's embarrassing. Um, but Walker Walker Kessler, boom, sorry. Um, they have him. They have Jabari Smith, who could be the number one pick. In my opinion, those are two of the best college basketball players in all of America right now. But I think if they lose one of these games – Kentucky's going to slip in. Kentucky's going to be Florida. It's going to be a different matchup. Kentucky has it. Um, I don't think, though, that Auburn is going to lose either of these games. You guys are right. It's just way too easy. Auburn will be the one seed heading into the um, SEC tournament. Um, For Kentucky, they're going to beat Florida. They're going to be the two seed. Um, The three and the four is actually where I'm most interested in. Um, I feel like the one and the two are locked up already. But the three and the four, first off, Arkansas plays – the toughest schedule, like you guys said. They have two games remaining, one against um, LSU, who should or was ranked like la- literally last week, and then one against Tennessee, who was also ranked. But unlike you guys, I think Arkansas is going to beat Tennessee. I think J.D. Note is a very good player, and I think they are also going to beat LSU. Sorry, Stoff. I love the way that Arkansas plays basketball. They have a great head coach. They play great defense. Um, they play great offense off the dribble. Like they, they can really just do anything. And when they need the big shot, very important in college basketball, when they need the big shot, they have the guy to do it in JD Dote. Um, for Tennessee, I think Tennessee is going to come into the SEC tournament. Um, say it's the three seed, say it's the four seed. I think their floor is, is the semifinal. I think Tennessee plays a great press. They, they do it all. They play real college basketball and it's fun to watch. I think Tennessee, Arkansas, they both make runs in this SEC tournament. Um, I don't think Auburn's going to win the SEC tournament. I think it could be Kentucky, but I'm not too sure just because of Oscar Sheeway. This 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 conference has a lot of names, by the mm-hmm. way, some real names. Um, Exciting conference. I, I think Auburn gets upset. I don't think it's going to be in the first few rounds. Um, Kentucky doesn't have – the depth in my opinion to really get it done either and if they win the sec tournament they'll get a good seat and i don't think they'll do much in march madness just because they'll be tired tennessee and arkansas are two teams that i'm looking at and i'm like both of these teams could win the sec tournament easily easily and um i'm gonna go out with my prediction i'm gonna say arkansas beats lsu tonight they beat tennessee on saturday i'm sorry to you guys who have been doubting my razorbacks and they're going to go in. They're going to make it to the final in the SEC tournament. They're going to lose to whoever. I don't think they'll win the final, but I think they'll make it to it. This is like my exact prediction. I plan this all out. They're going to get a good seed in the tournament, and they're going to make an Elite Eight run. I really believe in Arkansas this year. I really think they have what it takes to make it. I agree. I, I mean, like, for the most part, I have, I really like Arkansas this year, too. I was like, I have a thing. I have a like the similar feeling to you with Tennessee. I think they just play yes. an electric game of basketball. They have a similar style to Arkansas. I feel like they're going to run the SEC tournament with Arkansas this year. I just, for like you said about Kentucky, I said the same thing. I just think the steam's going to run out. They're just, they're, they're, 
the they're hype too reliant on Shibuya. Yes, and then the hype. The hype thing is just such a big problem with like March Madness. Like, you, like obviously, like like Baylor was hyped last year. Like Gonzaga was hyped last year. Like everyone kind of knew that was going to happen, but like it set it up the same way. You know what I mean? Like the way it was all set up last year, it made sense. This year, I have a feeling things aren't going to be set up. This is going to be a very, very hard March Madness. Like, like in terms of making a bracket, seeing who's going to win, seeing out the matchups, I feel like we're we're in for a great, great March Madness again. Like last year was great. This year we're in for another great one. I feel like, but I mean, Tennessee and Arkansas, those sneaky teams that you're going to be like, mm, like that elite eight run, like they can, they could even push farther than that. I feel like they have a chance. They really do have a chance. Kentucky's hype is just a little too much for me. Auburn, obviously being a one seed, they're projected to have a one seed. I feel like they're falling off is just, they just like we talked about, a, I think a couple of weeks ago, did they peak at the wrong time? I honestly, as of right now, I think they might've, I think like there's who's saying that they can't bring it back together and make a little run. That's not stopping them. But in my opinion, I just don't think the pieces are falling the right way for a team like Auburn to really make some noise. Right. And um, Will, big fan of um, hype. And I agree with you on the hype factor. There's a lot of pressure on these kids that don't forget guys are our age. And um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that makes us old because we're some of the youngest people that have a podcast that I've ever seen. So we're not old, but some of these guys our age, Oscar Sheway, I don't know if he's our age. Um, actually, I know he's not because he transferred from West Virginia, but he looks like he's 50 years old. Um <laughs> And he's the only player on Kentucky, so I don't I, like. They don't have depth. You can say what yeah. you want against the other guys. Ty Ty Washington can't get it done um, in any time. Neither can Mintz. Um, moving on though, I actually like. I love the SEC this year, and I hate the SEC this year because the top two teams. First off, I like Auburn, but second off, Kentucky. I just hate their stigma with Cal. Um, I don't. Like I love Shebway. I don't think he'll translate into the NBA, but he's a he's like a 20 and 15 college guy, which is awesome. But this isn't center. This isn't the year of the center. Like like it was in like the 90s. Like we're gonna get things done by moving. I think teams are just gonna outrun Kentucky. Kentucky runs like a seven eight man rotation. They won't be able to get it done. Moving on though to our final conference, we have the Big 12. Once again, I'm gonna run through. The top three teams, there's three teams this time that have a chance of actually making or, or being the number one seed in their conference tournament uh, based off conference record. Once again, Baylor at number one, no surprise there, 13 and four in the conference. At number two, we got Kansas, 12 and four. And at number three, we have Texas Tech, 12 and five. I guess I'll get us started here. Um, I'm going to go straight up. I'm just going to say Baylor's going to win this um, conference. They are playing a great brand of basketball, and they finish up the season against Iowa State. Iowa State good at football, but Brock Purdy cannot play basketball for you guys. So it's it, it's the Baylor Baylor Bears. It was always the Baylor Bears. Stop. Yeah, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you on that. I just think that's too easy of a matchup for Baylor to lose. Um, I I really do like Kansas though. I don't really want. To, I mean, they lost Tuesday to. TCU and they already they face them again. They play them again, yeah. Yeah, I think Kansas at home, up, at home. Yeah, Kansas. I think Kansas is really going to be out for blood that game. I think they're going to smack them, but I just don't think it's going to be enough because Baylor is just going to win. And Texas Tech, I that's like I don't think they can win the, the Big Twelve at all. But I think it's between Baylor and Kansas. But I love Baylor. I love how they play. I love the physicality. I love defense. You know, 
I just think they got it in the bag. That's fact. I agree. I think Baylor has it in the bag. I love. I like Baylor a lot this year. I think they're another one of those teams where, like, they lost some seniors last year after winning. They were like, mm. it, it was like a what if kind of scenario again this year. Like, what could they do with what they have? They started off slow. They made a run. Now they're really good. You know what I mean? I feel like they're perfectly rated in terms of what they can do, and their style of basketball is very relative to the way March Madness plays, just because you don't see a lot of games, like going back to the other conferences that we were talking about, like obviously like teams that have centers that play more of like a, not the right word, but like a ground and pound kind of style of basketball where like you feed the paint, you move around the paint, you make plays from outside, stuff like that. That settled offense doesn't really work in the tournament as much anymore. It's kind of hard. We saw it when Taco Fall was playing like that game against Duke that we all watched. I know me and you talked about this group. Yeah. We're just like, it's just, it's just not relative. The whole fast paced play is what wins, what is what wins you games in March Madness. Just when you burn another team out, you, they just have no shot. Um, I think Baylor does, does win the big 12. I think they also win the tournament, like the big 12 tournament. Um, I think they'll they'll make a good run. Um, I think this loss to TCU uh, from Kansas, I think that means a lot more than what we think. I mean, I think they, they will probably win the rematch. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Shred Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. But um, I think that that exposed a lot of holes. And I mean, they are ranked sixth, so it's a good ranking. Just inside the top five. Um, I don't know. I have an iffy feeling about them. I, I like Kansas. Obviously, before this, I thought they were pretty well. Well, um, they had a good team, surrounded with some good players. And I just, I don't really know if they got it anymore. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, everything you said was exactly what I was thinking. Um, first off, just to get Texas Tech out of here, because I'm. I don't even want to talk about them anymore. Yeah, I just. They're, they're a good team and everything. They're not legit. Texas Tech. Um, they they're gonna beat Oklahoma State. But they're still technically, like, statistically available when it comes to the one seed. But they're not going to get it. They'll be they'll be Texas no. Tech. But Baylor's not going to lose to Iowa State, and Baylor's going to lock it up. Kansas is going to be the two. Kansas, in my opinion, what are, they're going to beat TCU easily. They're at home this time because you don't get upset at home ever in college basketball. You only get upset on the road. Um they're going to finish off the season against Texas. I believe that's at Kansas, too. That's an easy win. Kansas isn't going to lose at home. Um, Kansas will lock up the two. Kansas had an opportunity at the one. It was as simple as that. They lost to TCU on um, on Tuesday night, and they they screwed their chances. Baylor's going to be the one seed. Like you said, Will, Baylor's going to run through the SEC tournament. They're going to win the SEC tournament, I think, with ease. They're going to be a one seed. 
and they're going to make it to the Final Four, at, at least in my opinion. Baylor is legit, and Baylor is here to stay. They have a great program in Waco, Texas, and I've said it before, I think on Friday's episode last week, you don't go into Waco, Texas and expect to win a basketball game. You don't go into Waco, Texas to expect anything other than a Baylor Bear victory. The Baylor Bears are superior to everybody. They're, they're super legit. Like they are, they, in my they, opinion, they top. Are, they're they're are, they're in my top three. They're in my top three. They took some losses, but they took some losses when they were not fully healthy. They're going into the conference tournament fully healthy. We saw it the past week and a half. They're blowing teams out. They're beating the teams that they should beat. They're beating the teams that they maybe shouldn't beat, and that makes them legit. It's as simple as that. Baylor Bears may be my national champion, but it's too early. I'm not even kidding, and I'm not kidding. High-profile team playing an excellent level of basketball in a in a in a competitive conference. I mean, like it's it's what you like to see. Um, like like I said before, I think Baylor's going to win the uh, Big Twelve, and um, what it is. I'm in agreement with everything. <laughs> I think it's simple. I mean, Baylor. And it's just, just it's really. I just simple. had to include the other guys because it's still not locked up, but it's gonna be against Iowa State. Um, just to wrap up my thoughts on Baylor, I just put a, I just put a lot on people's shoulders when it comes to Baylor. But Baylor is putting it together at the exact right time. They got their injuries out of the way. Hopefully, they don't experience any more. They've had their guys that they knew were gonna be good. They're still good. They had some guys that they needed to step up, and guess what? They stepped up. They may have done it a little late, but they're here. Excuse me. They're here now. I think Arizona, who's ranked number two, obviously, in the Pac-12, they clinched the Pac-12. Nobody cares about the Pac-12 anyways. That's not real basketball on the West Coast. Um, Baylor should be at least the number two seed. Um, I still think they're better than Gonzaga as well. I don't think Chet Holmgren, and obviously, We're not talking about the West Coast Conference today um, for obvious reasons because it's not real. Um, We shouldn't even talk about it to begin with. (laughs) Baylor, in my opinion, will – the reason I like Arkansas is because, in my opinion, the way that I watch basketball, these two teams play very similar, but Baylor just has better players. And I wouldn't say a better coach. I I would say both teams have great coaches. Mm -hmm. Baylor has the better players. Baylor won a national championship last year. They have everything it takes to go back to back. And and Flo Thamba is the reason why. He's the guy, by the way, that I said they need someone to step up. Flo Thamba was the guy. He also has a great name. And that's what you need in college basketball. I, you need I memories. agree. You need mem- just, memories is what brings you runs. I, I don't know how it works in college basketball, but maybe it's rigged like Stav said. It's the guys that have the the best runs and the best out of nowhere runs that you remember forever. You remember Kemba Walker, you remember Jimmer, you remember Dougie McBuckets. You're going to remember Phil Thamba after they win a national championship and he averages 15 and nine a game. It's, I mean, like I, like I agree. One last thing before we move on about mm-hmm. Baylor, like, like we've both been saying, I, they're really just trending in the right direction at the right time. You don't see this scenario at all anymore it's very rare that you see a scenario like this where like wow a rising team could really win a national championship like it's usually like this team is dominant they're just playing dominant basketball and they're just really really good we'll see them in the national championship game like it's just that's usually the situation going into the tournament and we see it 
more than likely every year. But their yeah. style of basketball, with their experience, just coming off of a national championship, it's I mean it's not easy to win one. Never mind going back to back. They are legitimate contenders again, and that's they're a whole different really team, say. in my opinion, than last year as well. Like, they are. A, they're they're attacking like an NBA team going back to back. These are new guys, like same coach, new guys. Like their attacking methods, the way they play offense, the way they just play very very grindy defense like they just like they're just a gritty team they're like it's just it's it's just what it is those teams are the teams that win right right so um that's gonna wrap up our ncaa section um for those were in my opinion the four biggest conferences when it's gonna come down to uh, conference tournaments. Those are going to be the most exciting conference tournaments. That's why we included them. Once again, the West Coast Conference is um, not real. None of the schools in that conference are real. None of the people that play at those schools are real. Um, same with the Pac-12. Pac-12 a little bit more real because they play football, not basketball. Yep. Shout Honestly, out to the East. Go St. Mary's. Go St. Mary's. Yeah, go nah, St. Mary's. San Fran. But, um, <laughs> moving on, we have some. We have a little bit of NBA to cover. Um, I'm just going to get things started off here with, in my opinion, the guy that should be the most talked about in all of the NBA right now is John Morant. I don't stop mm-hmm. giving me a weird look. I don't know if he agrees with me, no, but John Morant has I been agree. on an absolute tear. He dropped 52 on the Spurs on Tuesday night. He had so many highlights in that game, deep three, deep step back three, a posterizer. And we talked about it earlier in the week, the game that he dropped, what was it, 46 he had the 360 layup. He had another deep three. He's just, I mean, making a ball's life mixtape on every single team right now. Um, and I've seen a lot of rankings from ESPN and other sources because we know how crazy they are about him as well. I've seen him be the number one list. And we talked about the MVP or um, on last episode with like DeMar DeRozan, um, with Joel Embiid. Could, could Jaws' name be on that top three? I've seen him on the one, but from, mm-hmm. from us three, from our perspective, say if we were to release a power rankings for potential MVPs, is Jaw top three? Like, he's really getting it done in Memphis. Stav, what do you think? I love Jaw. I think Jaw's probably my favorite player that's on the Celtic. I don't think he's top three. I would definitely put him in my top five. I just think – I mean, you, everyone knows my opinion on Joel Embiid. I don't think he deserves to be as hyped up as he is, but he's probably going to win MVP just because of that whole narrative of Philly and all that. Then you got Jokic, you got Giannis, you got DeMar DeRozan. I'd probably put um, Ja around five, maybe four. But I blame the NBA for this just because I wish they could have it in some sort of way where they don't announce which games are going to be nationally televised before the season. Because the Lakers by far have the most nationally televised games, and they do not play a good brand of basketball. Like, it's just not fun to watch. And then you got teams like Memphis, who Memphis, Charlotte, like all these fun teams that everyone wants to watch. You can't watch them because the Lakers are on national TV, and no one wants to watch the Lakers, who are seven games under 500. It's just Jaws putting up, like you just said, ball of life mixtape every single game that he's playing. He dropped back to back career nights scored 46 the night before, and then he scores 52 against the Spurs. Had literally like six uh, sports center top 10 plays. He had that poster. He had that buzzer beater that was 0.4 seconds. Great pass from Steven Adams. Threw it into the corner and Jolly flicked it in from right before yep. the three-point line. It's just does everything. 
You know, it's just you you think of that draft class, you think of like Zion and how his whole situation is, but Jaw's probably gonna no. Jaw's gonna be the best <laughs> player in that draft class. Yes. Like that's gonna that might be the new Greg Oden K D debate. Like, oh imagine if Portland took K D over Greg Oden and now it's gonna be like, oh imagine the Pelicans took Jaw over Zion. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I want to say I definitely consider him in the MVP race. I think, like, not to discredit anything that he's done because he's very, very talented, very, very good. But um, the whole hype, that's an NBA go-to for the MVP. It's hype. Yeah, like, Will, once again, like, loves the hype. It's just, that's what it is. That's just what it is. <laughs> and I think if Joel Embiid wins the MVP, I think he has someone who wanted out of Brooklyn to thank him for it. Right, and I think I think I said um, in the last episode, um, it's not the MVP; it's the most popular player. It's the MPP. It's mm-hmm. it, so Ja very popular um, in the eyes of a lower demographic, though, um, to to the people that aren't voting, but the people that are voting for this prestigious award, the um, you could say the old people, um, they're gonna like the way that Joel Embiid is playing and they're going to like where Joel Embiid is with Philadelphia and they're going to like the stats that he's putting up never mind the free throws it helps him out a lot and i think without the free throws he wouldn't be as high on everybody's list as he is but i mean hey he's getting to the line like no matter no matter what we like it's it's the stats that he's putting up if he's putting up 20 free throws a game 25 three free throws a game like we can be as mad as we want, but those are still points going into a stat column, and that means a lot. Um, as for job being top three on my list, I think of names like, once again, Embiid, DeRozan. I think of Giannis is always going to be on that list. I think of potentially Luka, the way he's been playing, um, and I watched him against the Lakers. Well, I'll get into that in a little bit because I'm, I hate the Lakers and I hate the way they play. But I think uh, I think of these names, and then I think of Jaw. And I think a, a lot of the reason why I am trying to not have Jaw up there is just how young he is. And then I think about like how great that is for the brand of basketball, kind of like a D Rose esque season that he's having. If he can bring them to a top two seed to finish off the regular season, which not highly likely, but it's possible. Who knows what John Morant can do? Um, if he can finish top two seed, he's he's in my top two, not my top three. Um, but I just don't see that. I see them finishing four or five, maybe six. They won't be in the play-in. I think John Morant's going to have a fantastic season. It's going to go underappreciated like it always does. And I think Joel Embiid will come home with the MVP, like Stop said. So I agree with you on on most of that. The thing is, is the whole um, the team – like success factor in the MVP. I feel like that's like so taken out of the race for so many years. And I feel like that's something that should be more looked at. Cause I feel like you take a look at some of these players who've won MVP recently, like obviously team success is very important, but like a lot of these teams, you see a lot of players on other teams that are like, wow, this team did really good this season, but this guy was just way better. And like, obviously deserving for most of them just, a lot of it's just hard to like take in all at once, like knowing that. That's why I think um, Embiid will probably end up winning because he has hard to thank for team success. They're a completely different. They're a completely different team. Like I right. mean, like like night and day. Like they're scary now. Like they're they're really scary. 
Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with like Ja on Memphis. Like if he could lead them, I feel like he's going to get discredited because team success will over will will completely undermine what um, Joel Embiid and James Harden do in Philly. I feel like it would just be like, wow, well, um, Embiid's been playing great all year long and they've been a top seed and then they became more successful. And then like John Morant's been playing great all year long, but then they fell. Right. Right. They're just like, like they're going to be like, well, who, then then the whole valuable part of it. But I mean, like you, like you, like it's just in those situations where like, where team success isn't valued, that it randomly comes into play in situations like that. Yeah, that's facts, and I think I think the fact that um, the market I think the market plays a big factor in it as well. Philadelphia a lot bigger of a market than Memphis, mm-hmm. Tennessee is. Um, I'm not obviously putting any shade on Memphis. It's a great city. They have a pyramid in Memphis, the Bass Pro Shops pyramid. It's a great city. It goes underappreciated. Like I said, John Morant does. I think it's a perfect fit. Memphis is fun. They play a great brand of basketball. Um, the, the basketball that I want to watch, and I agree with Stav, I think he might be my favorite player outside of the Celtics. Um, I have a few other guys that I love to watch as well. He's just so exciting. Like, it's awesome. It, it reminds me a lot of a, of a young D. Rose. I don't know if I already – I think I said that like five seconds ago. But um, <laughs> um, it reminds me of like a D. Rose, and it, and it reminds me of a young John Wall too. And, and those are some of my favorite players of all time. John Wall, John Wall, I, I don't know if you guys know this about me, John Wall is one of my favorite players, like, ever, like, to watch. I love John Wall. Will, I don't know if you remember, I had, I had that John Wall Wizards jersey, the teal one mm-hmm. from, like, second grade. I wore it until it didn't fit me in, like, seventh. I got it in size bigger. Like, I love John Wall. I see a lot of John Wall in John Morant. It's kind of like when we were talking about um about Jamar Chase when I was like, this guy is, like, a Larry Fitzgerald for me. Like, I – I'm on this guy. Like, I love this guy. Like, and I see that a lot in John Murray. He's so exciting. He's he's going to run the league. He's going to run the league in a couple of years. And this is going to be the start of, like, oh, could we have put him in the MVP talk? And in a couple of years, I think he's going to be consistently in it. I agree with you with the whole John Wall D Rose comparisons. I see, it, I see like, John Wall's slashing ability with Derrick Rose athleticism. Cause like don't don't take it the wrong way. John Wall's a very athletic point guard. I just think he has that like mobility in the air like Derrick Rose did with yeah. like John Wall's like finesse in the air, if that makes sense. Like yeah. John Wall was just so smooth when he does his 360 layups, whenever he does his circus layups. He's like has that like built strong, like goes up strong, but also has that athletic movement. He that has makes it, he that has makes it so like smooth. Yeah, it's just so clean. And he's so explosive. Yep, he can jump. He's from super explosive. He, he can no, he really can. He really can. And I agree with you guys. I think he's probably my favorite player. One of my favorite players outside of the Celtics. I mean, I like to watch a lot of guys in the NBA that are like that. I mean, like this year, I'm, I've, I've always been like a huge DeRozan fan. I'm glad to see that he's finally playing good, and like finally somewhere where I can probably actually see a few more games and him actually playing. And I love watching him play because, like, as boring of a game that he can really play because he's a big fundamental kind of guy, like. He does, he does a lot of things, but he does a lot of like, like just like the way he plays is just, it's not, it's not anything electric. He just does the right thing and makes the smooth. right play. And it's just so smooth. And he like, he makes the game of basketball just very enjoyable to watch. That's facts. DeMar, I'm a big DeMar guy as well. He's, he's so mm-hmm. smooth. Just the way that he gets to the, he can get to the bucket. He, he can get to any spot he wants. DeMar DeRozan, mm-hmm. MVP caliber player this year. 
has the Bulls, I think, at the two seed as of right now, but they're flipping and flopping out of the one. Um, moving on to our team, once again, um, the Celtics. Big win against the Hawks, but the first half, if you only turn if you turn the TV off after the first half, you wouldn't be happy with the way we played. We let up 65 points in the first. We still had the, held the Hawks to uh, under 100. They scored 98. Um, with the Hawks being the highest scoring team in the league, JB went out in this game. Jason Tatum got it done. Stav, what, what are your thoughts on the Celtics? Are we really legit? Because we're 12 for, four, for 14. It's been an awesome run. And... Like, are we going to be able to make a run this year, or are we going to have to wait another year or two? I think if they're going to make a run, it's got to be this year. I think the East is so open. I really am not buying the hype of the 76ers. I do not think they're deep enough to win in a – definitely in a playoff series against a team that's as dominant in the half court defensively as the Celtics. I do think – Brooklyn is probably going to be the favorite if they all remain healthy and everything kind of goes to plan. But Ben Simmons, new reports come out about him every single day. So I love the Celtics. I love how they played. I think last night was the biggest one of the year for them, the most impressive, being down 17 without Jalen Brown, coming out in the second half, going on about like a 15-14-0 run right out the gate to tie the game. Tatum had 33-8-7. and And, I mean, Smart made back-to-back plays in the fourth quarter that led to Grant Williams' threes. Like, insane block on DeAndre Hunter. And then he saved the ball. Tatum kicks it to Grant Williams twice for three. Hits them both. Puts kind of like the icing on the cake. It's a huge win last night. I think an unsung hero of the Celtics season is Aaron Neesmith. And I think if he can play as he's been doing, if he gets solid minutes and produces him and Pritchard, I want to say, there's no stopping the Celtics. Like if they're 10 guys deep and they all are playing nasty defense and they're all scoring, like there's no stopping the Celtics in my opinion. Um, I'd like agree and disagree at the same time. I agree that like, obviously if like right now is the time to make, to make the run because they have the, the pieces, they have the ability to, but I feel like we can't discredit what's going to happen in the coming years. Me and Griffrey like hash this, I think on the, on the last episode, we we're in the prime of Jason Tatum and we're in there with James Brown. I know we just got hurt. We're entering like we're, we're there. We're going to see not, that. I don't, I don't think we're in it, in it, but I think we are beginning to enter it. And I think this is the year. Yeah. And I think we make a little run in the season because of it. Yeah. We, we were talking about like, we're going to see this in the playoffs. We're going to see That's basically like, what I said. We're, we're going to see like the highlights of what a prime is going to look like for Jason Tatum. And Moments. it's going to be great. We're, yeah, exactly. We're going to get bits and pieces. He's going to play very good basketball. And we're going to see moments of like, wow, this guy is just completely dominant on the basketball court. But I feel like we can't leave out the coming years. But I feel like if this is a year, it's it looks good for us. But it's also, it could be very grindy kind of playoffs in the Eastern Conference. They're, they're a strong conference this year. Yeah, so um, my thoughts for, for all of this. I think the Celtics have the capabilities to make a run. Um, I don't think this is the year. I think this is a year of multiple years. Um, like you said, the Eastern Conference is open. Um, I don't think it's going to close up anytime soon. Uh, we saw the Bucks play very good uh, last year, and they're playing good again once or once again this year. But there, this isn't LeBron and the Cavs or LeBron and the Heat anymore. There's this NBA is more spaced out. We have teams, so many different teams that can make runs. I think the Celtics are in a perfect scenario where. They can they can make 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. At some point, I'm not saying like this, the next five years, maybe like the next 10 years, they can make three, four, maybe five finals just because of how open the Eastern Conference is. Now, that's best case scenario, obviously. I don't want to sound like a delusional Celtics fan, but but we really have the capabilities. And to Stop's point on the second-year guys, Pritchard and Neesmith, Neesmith's been doing it all season um, because of the brand that Ime Udoka likes to play. Um, that defense, he's a long shooting guard that can move. He's a 3-and-D type of guy. Neesmith, awesome. He's everything that I thought he was going to be when we drafted him, and I think he's going to continue to improve. For Pritchard, um, I like him a lot, obviously. I have a Peyton Pritchard jersey. But once we started going on this run, I was a little bit scared for Pritchard, and here's why. Our brand of basketball right now is the best defense in the league, which is what we are since we started this run, and I don't think it's going to stop. I think we're going to end the season as the number one defense in the league. Peyton Pritchard, a small point guard known for his offense. How is he going to fit into that, right? That's not really the brand of basketball he plays. But one thing that we forget about Peyton Pritchard is even if he's not that great on defense, he is gritty. That like He is probably one of the hardest workers, if not the hardest worker on the Celtics. We've heard the stories about him dribbling like 10 hours a day, things of that nature. If Peyton Pritchard needs to add defense, he's going to add defense. It, like he he's just going to work as hard as he can for it. And I think that's the exact case of what happened. I think he just grinded it out. He got better with his lateral quickness. He got better with taking hits to the chest to keep someone in front of him. And I've noticed it over the last few games that he's been getting in and he's been getting a lot more minutes because of it. He's been playing great defense at the one. And another thing that he's added to his game, which is awesome is his ability to, uh, shoot threes off the catch before primary ball handler in college, most likely in high school, obviously as well. But last year, I didn't really see a lot of opportunities for Peyton Pritchard to catch and shoot threes. He was handling the ball. Now the way that we play, everybody can handle the ball. I've seen Robert Williams making plays in the post passing. Peyton Pritchard is going to be open on the wing a lot during this run, during the playoffs even. And if he can hit those threes, which he can, He's going to be getting 15 minutes a game, and he's going to be averaging like 9, 10, 11 points a game. So is Neesmith. They're going to be playing. They're going to they're going to be playing off the bench. They're going to be young. They're going to be energetic. They're going to play great defense. We're going to shut down the best team's backcourts in the league. I don't think James Harden will be able to do much against us when it comes to that time because I think we'll be able to tire him out. We have Smart. We have White. We have Neesmith even. I would put him on him like in the third quarter when he's tired. We have the people to stop a backcourt, 
And we have people to stop the front court as well. We have Rob Will. We have Al Horford. Jason Tatum can get it done against your best wing, your best power forward even. We we really have the pieces on defense, and that's why I'm so happy because our offense is clicking now too. It's just I think this is really a, a year. I'm not, I'm not going to say the year. A, a year where we can make a run. But I don't think we're the best team in the East, but I think we can sneak through, make it to the finals, and maybe even win. Yeah, I think this. I think the Celtics are the most deep team. Yeah, just like thinking about yes. it. I mean, I'm getting Brooklyn, red beyond Irish skin, but I'm getting I'm getting red talking about them. I'm excited. The Nets, we've seen what they can. What happens when Kyrie or KD isn't on the floor? Like they're awful. They are terrible without those guys. Like the worst team in the league. Honestly, I feel like that team is just so self-run. Yeah, I I think I don't think Steve Nash does a great job. Like I like no. he's a very intellectual guy coming from the point guard position. He's a very smart NBA player. I just don't think as a coach it translates. He'd be a great coach great. of a young team. Exactly. No, like yeah. he, he'd good. He'd be good like player coach, like helping out young guards and stuff like that. He'd be fantastic, creating like an absolute beast of a of a guard. But like I just like that team is just too self run to like really do a lot of damage. Yeah, and. I mean, Milwaukee, I think, is good. They're seasoned vets. They're obviously a really good team, but Shame. I just don't it's think they're as them. I don't <laughs> think that they're as deep as the Celtics. Philly, they're literally only, I think, in my opinion, only have four good players. Like, yeah, you got, Embiid, you got Harden, Tobias Harris. At all. You got Maxi. I mean, I would consider Thibault, but Thibault cannot score on his own. He so, plays like, great. Yeah, he plays awesome defense. But, but like, the rest of that team just isn't good. And then, I mean, the Heat, the Heat are good. The Heat and the Bulls, I think, are pretty good. They're pretty deep, too. But I just think the Celtics are better than them if you match them up in a playoff series. So, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. The Heat, for me, it's like they're good. And they have so many guys um, that are stepping up. And um, But the Heat, like, it's just weird. The guys that are stepping up, I don't think, are going to step up in the um, – in the playoffs, like they're they have two undrafted guys. I don't remember their names, but I know they're putting to, like those two are putting a, a show on in Miami, which is crazy. Um, I don't think undrafted free agent rookies are gonna be enough for the Heat in in the playoffs. I think Jimmy Butler can do everything that he can. I don't think Jimmy Butler's gonna have the same run that he had in the bubble. I think the bubble is a whole different beast. Um, I really just don't think the Heat have what it takes to do it and it's 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 weird because they do like on paper they do they have the piece in jimmy butler they have bam they have larry now um who's leading them to a great defense as well but i just really don't like coming off their bench like tyler hero i think he'll get it done again i think tyler hero is here to stay next year he'll like he's coming off the bench a good amount i think he earned a starting role recently i think he's going to be a starting shooting guard maybe sometimes rotate to the three um it's just really their bench for me. It's like they have depth, depth, but I don't think that depth is going to play the same way in the postseason as they are in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And the Bulls dealing with a lot of injuries at all yeah. times. So I'm not Caruso too sure can't about even, that. Yeah, I don't even think Alex Caruso can even pass anymore because of his injury, which stinks. Like his, his Stupid no injury, his, too. Yeah. Who did that again? I was so mad. Grayson Allen. That? It was yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Of course it was. And he's stealing minutes from Pat. Don't even get me started. Moving on. Um, the last thing I wanted to cover in the NBA, um, because I'm very upset about, 
Um, on Tuesday night, I was watching TNT basketball because the Hawks were playing the Seas. Um, we already covered that game, obviously. Um, the game after it, I just kept TNT on, as always, was Lakers-Mavs. I feel like I watch it twice a week. Um, and every single time, it just makes me mad. Luca, he had a he had a good game. He had 25-8, five assists. He did have six turnovers. Um, but I enjoyed watching Luca. LeBron, he had 26-12-5 with four turnovers. Um, the only thing I took out of the game for LeBron was his stupid uh, post post-conference uh, quote. He said um, about their record, obviously, they're um, nine games behind the sixth seed, uh, which is obviously to be in playoffs, not in the play-in. They're seven games under 500. Um, he said, ready, ready, and I quote, until you stomp me out, cut my head off, bury me 12 feet under, which is two times what you usually bury <laughs> dead body in, I've got a chance. So that's my confidence. And I even cited it in our uh, notes in APA format for you guys. So I don't get uh, any plagiarism things because this is a quote, except for the except for the body thing. Um, that was the dumbest quote. I hate when he does this. It's like, it's like, I'm LeBron James. That's literally what he said. Why didn't he just say, I'm LeBron James? Like, we know you're LeBron James. And you know what? I know exactly what kind of player you are. And I watched it once again last night. I literally hate watching him play. I don't I, – I think he's great. He had 26, 12, and 5. Um, I threw in four turnovers just because it was a good amount. But honestly, I don't even I don't even care about the turnovers. I hate the way he plays. Um, he had a logo three all over Instagram, right? All of his about other – About eight posts. times. About – like I saw that post about 45 times. Yes. No, yes. His, like, no, no. Like, like did you – it's literally like he. It's literally he gets his. He says chasing Kareem. Obviously, like that's over now. And then like the whole team drops like a, a combined like fifty points together, and he has like the rest. It's just a joke. And like this is fun. This quote is funny to me because you can't like as much as I don't like saying it. You obviously can't count LeBron out. Yeah, like it's I. You just no, can't. It's I, I an know, obvious thing. Like, it's an obvious thing. No, yeah, I agree obvious, with you. I'll just say I'm LeBron it's, James. It's no, exactly. The other thing, the other it's part of this up. quote is, is that's his confidence. I get that you need to have that much confidence in yourself to be like successful at a lot of things in life. But like, I'm sorry. When you take a look at the rest of that roster and you and you say that to them, like they're gonna they're gonna laugh. Like it's funny. Like, you really it, think it, you're gonna say that to roster. Russell Westbrook and he's gonna be like, yeah, cool. I'll make turn it back to the Thunder days. Good luck. And, and the rest of that roster, if I'm looking at this quote, I'm pissed because it's not like he's saying we have a chance. He's saying I have a chance. Yeah. At what? The like he's team? like these guys are around <laughs> getting traded, which obviously it is. But like, like I just I don't understand how he gets away with some of these things. And like people like this quote was on literally the head page on ESPN when I opened it up, and there was so much going on in the NCAA and so much going on in the MLB. In the MLB, I, and that quote from LeBron James was the first thing I saw when I went on ESPN's website. That's astonishing to me. I just my least favorite sentence, um, other than the 12 feet because that was just stupid, was he just says, "I've got a chance." Like, what do you mean? I like I just really when you're when you're down in the season and you're the seed that you are right now. I think they're the nine seed. Um, you got to be a team. And it's obvious, that, it's obvious that they're not a team because of what he just said. I've got a chance. I'm going to continue to repeat it because it's just so – such a stupid thing to say. Um, what does he have a chance at? That's the question. It's, it's not like he's team. even chasing Kareem anymore. 
Like he's chasing the rings, and it's like that's what he's supposed to be doing, but he's supposed to be doing it with his team. And I think this is another hint. He's continuously continuously dishing things out. He wants out. He doesn't want to be in LA yeah. anymore. Yeah, it's simple. I mean, the Lakers they're screwed in their future, to be honest, if they keep if they don't trade LeBron AD and Westbrook. I mean, I, I think I've seen reports about Russell Westbrook and the Lakers gonna being mutual about finding him a new home, which it sucks to see Russell That's Westbrook. That's gonna be hard. Yeah. It sucks to see him not dominate like he was three years ago. I mean, he in the mm-hmm. month of February he had a minus forty nine. Like that's awesome. Like <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. I, I feel bad. I, mean, I feel bad for laughing. Yeah. It's just like uh, just like minus forty nine. So it's just like yeah. the Lakers are the retirement home. That was kind of the meme going into the season, and it proves to be true. They're too old to compete with some of these teams. I mean, Luka Doncic. I don't know how true this quote is. I should have screenshotted where I saw the tweet. It was from a verified account. But Luka went four times in a row ISO on LeBron and scored every single time and then said, like, this is the new era, bitch, or something like that. Like, I call, I'm quoting Luka. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> no, like, actually, it's, like, getting back to, like, the plus minus. Like, they scored 104 points last night. Minus 49. Like yeah. that's yeah. awful. Um, like if, if like if you were to consider it as minus forty nine, let's say on average they score like a little over a hundred points, like that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. So, like he's, I I don't understand with Russ. I don't think it's because of the situation he's in with LeBron. Because in my opinion, he gets his touches. Um, I just think he's lost it. I think after that injury, he's just never going to be the same again. And I think a lot of people were buying into the hype going into the season that that Russell Westbrook's a superstar. And I've been saying this since last year um, when, in my opinion, he underperformed as well a lot. Um, Russell Westbrook's never going to be the same. He's not a superstar anymore. He's a, he's a once, once he was this and he'll never be that again. And I loved Russell Westbrook. Um, on the Thunder, I didn't like him at all after that point. Um, once he got into everything, I don't know why. I just kind of like lost it for him. He's just not the same, and I wish he. I wish he was, because he's so exciting. And I wanted to bring his name up with uh, when I was talking about Jaw, but in my opinion, he's more like powerful than Jaw is. Even though Jaw's powerful, he has the finesse that Russ doesn't seem to have at all. Can't make a shot either. Um, He's he's lost it, and it was a bad pickup for the for the Lakers, and we all said it, and we were all right. So congratulations to every single person on Twitter because every single person on Twitter was right about Russell Westbrook. It wasn't that hard to figure out that he wasn't going to fit well with the Lakers, guys, so stop thinking you're NBA analysts. But the Lakers, I love Anthony Davis. That's about it. Um, Frank Vogel, awful coach, should, should have been fired a long time. Time ago, they they should have pulled the Bill Russell operation if they were gonna just do this. LeBron should be the head coach right now. I'm not even kidding, because LeBron would just be like, "All right, guys, shut the fuck up. Let me get a ring." That's yeah. literally what he'd say, and it would work because who doesn't want to get LeBron a ring? He'd be like, "Yeah, I want a ring with LeBron James. That's pretty cool." So I'd literally listen to anything he said. Um,
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.